Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. Today, if you're taking notes, I've titled today's message, The Pursuit. Come on, if you're taking notes, title today's message, The Pursuit. Let me ask you this question. Who in here has ever made a fool of yourself for love? Come on, just three of us. <laughs> wow, guys, you need to step it up a little bit. I'm just saying. Come on, you, you know, we've always made a f- fool of ourselves for love. When you were dating that individual back in the day, maybe it was high school, maybe it was college, you had that love in your eyes, you had the rose-colored goggles and glasses on, they could do no wrong. Are you following me now? You know what I mean? Just made a fool of yourself. Why is that? It's because by nature, we pursue what we don't have. By nature, we pursue what we don't have. I remember when I was dating Mariah uh, and I just was trying to capture her. I was dating Mariah and, um, and, it, and it never failed. I was, I was the one that was uh, you know, writing these letters to her. At one time, I wrote her a letter. I burnt the edges of the letter. Come on, you know, it was like that, that old school, a little message in a bottle. Burnt the edges of the paper to make it look extra, extra loving. Wrote her notes all the time. I would literally go to her house at two in the morning and I would leave her some flowers and a note on her car just so that when she woke up the next day, she knew, she knew that I was thinking of her. You know what I mean? Got to plant that seed early. So I'd leave her these things on her car. I would make her mix CDs. Anybody remember CDs? Come on. Any, any, uh, tape, any tape guys out there? You remember the tape? How about A-Tracks? You remember A-Tracks? Okay, there we go. So I'd make her these mixed CDs, and I would write on the CD, you know, love songs by your boy. I'd just put it on the CD. Make her all these CDs. Had a, I, I bought her this journal and a little devotional because I, I wanted to make sure she heard from God that she was getting a stud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got her all this stuff. Man, I made a fool of myself. People tell me all the time, they say, hey, Charles, you know you outpointed your coverage, right? And I said, yes, I do. I do very well. But come on, every one of us in this room has some type of uh, similar story. Whether it was you made a fool of yourself and you drove overnight just to catch a few hours with that individual. Maybe you spent your whole savings on a concert or some type of event that you wanted to take that person to. You'd sit on the phone late at night. You know, you'd be on the phone late at night where you're just, uh, it's, it's 12, it's one, it's two o'clock in the morning. You know you have to get up in a few hours to go to work, but you just don't wanna hang up that phone. So maybe you sat on the phone and you're like, man, I'm so tired. And you're like, yeah, I'm so tired too. And you're like, no, you, it's time. Like, why don't we go to sleep? Why don't you hang up? No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Okay, on the count of three, we'll hang up. One, two, three. You still there? Come on, y'all remember that? Oh man, you just want to hang up the phone. Like you just didn't want to hang up the phone. You would do things that were a little bit crazy. Then one day, get married, start doing life. And one day you begin to look at each other and say, man, I'm not in love with you anymore. Question is, is what happened to that love? What happened to this, this drive, this passion? What happened to doing crazy things? What happened to driving hours in the middle of the night? What happened to writing notes and putting them on their car? What happened to bringing flowers home? What happened to just doing these things to make the other person feel loved? We find ourselves not loving one another anymore. We find ourselves 
where the intimacy has gone, the romance has gone. And if you look at it close enough, the reason why we got that way is because we got the priorities out of order and we stopped pursuing one another. You know, think about it this way. Is there any other area in your life where you can be lazy and still see improvements? If, is there any other area in your life where you can literally be lazy and still see improvements? Maybe it's, it's in your body. You, you work out. You want to have a, a good body. You want to be in shape. And I don't mean round. I mean like chiseled. You know what I mean? You want to be in shape. Can you see an improvement in your health and in your body if you are lazy? No. What about a business? If you own a business, maybe you're a business owner in this room today where can you be lazy where you're not showing up for business? You're not challenging your employees. You're not, you're not helping them grow. You're not, you're not keeping an eye on everything. Will you see an improvement in your business if you're lazy? In your yard, you never touch your yard. You never cut your grass. You never weeded. You never fertilize. Can you be lazy when it comes to your yard and see an improvement? The answer to that is no, which brings me to this thought. If the grass looks greener on the other side, maybe it's time to water your own yard. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how do we pursue and how do we continue to love one another? Last week, we talked about getting the priorities right. If you weren't here last week, just want to recap it. We talked about how do we put our priorities in order. And the first thing was, is that I promise that God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. The second thing we talked about is I promise to always pursue my two. Genesis chapter two, it tells it like this. It says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. They become one flesh. You know, the root word for united comes from this word called debak, debak. And it means to cling or adhere to, to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection and devotion. It's translated meaning that I will follow close behind you. Job chapter 41 tells us, it says, they are joined fast to one another and they cling together and they cannot be parted. They cannot be parted. You know, one of my favorite stories, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a love story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible about pursuit comes from the Old Testament and it's, and it's about a guy by the name of Jacob and a girl by the name of Rachel. Maybe you know this story, so you're familiar with it, but the Bible is so funny because how it describes people and how it actually describes these two individuals, the sisters, it begins to tell us that, these, that Rachel had a sister. This guy had two daughters named Rachel and Leah. And the Bible begins to explain how they look and how they are. The Bible tells us that Rachel, she was a lovely figure and beautiful. She was a lovely figure and beautiful, but then it goes on to tell us that Leah, her sister, had weak eyes. Come on, how would you like to be that one? Your sister is a lovely figure and beautiful, but you, Leah, you have weak eyes. And so Jacob, here's Jacob, and he goes up to the father one day and he begins to tell the father, he says, man, I've got the hots for Rachel. I, I, I want to marry your daughter. I want to be with your daughter. And so the father begins to tell Jacob, he says, okay, well, if you want to marry my daughter, you need to work for me for seven years. 
You got to work for seven years for this, this daughter of mine. You need to work for me for seven years. Come on, dads. I don't know about that, uh, this, this story, but I kind of like that idea. Listen, if you want to marry one of my hundred daughters that I have, you know, if you want to marry one of them, you need to work for me for seven years. Come on, I'm either going to put the fear of God in that dude or he's going to leave, which I'll be all right with. For seven years, Jacob had to work for Rachel's father. And the scripture begins to tell us that this time actually flew by because he was so in love. But after the seven years was up, Jacob goes to the father and says, hey man, I worked for you for seven years. I would love your daughter in marriage. And, and the father of Rachel kind of pulled a little, a little who fun done, a little switcheroo. What's a who fun done? It's a switcheroo. He pulls a little switcheroo and he begins to give Jacob Leah, oh, lazy eyes, you know what I mean? And, and Jacob looks at the father and says, hey, I didn't ask for Leah. I didn't work for you for seven years to get old lazy eyes over here. No, I worked seven years so that I could have the lovely, beautiful figure of Rachel. I don't want Leah. I don't know about you, but I would be a little irate if I worked for a man for seven years and they didn't give me what I worked for. Anybody else? That's like working a year without a paycheck. I'm like, no, man, that's not how this thing goes. Like I slaved for you for seven years and you give me the opposite of what I want. So the father goes up to Jacob and it says, man, it's, it's not our custom. It's not our custom to marry off the youngest before the oldest gets, gets married. So this is what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. You work for me for another seven years and then you can have Rachel. That's a, that's a bad deal right there. But see, when we read this passage... What a lot of people think is that they think that Jacob had to work seven more years to get Rachel. But what actually happened is, is the father gave Jacob Rachel as his wife. He just had to work an additional seven years to pay off the debt. And this is what I love about this story. Because this is a story of pursuit. This is a story of hunger. This is a story of love because the father gave Jacob Rachel as a wife. He could have easily left. He could have easily fled. He could have easily gone and done his other thing. But Jacob worked for Rachel after he already had her. He worked for Rachel after he already physically had her. And I think this is exactly how God wants us to pursue our two. When we're married in this room, a lot of us are married in this room. What happens is, is we stop pursuing one another. And this is exactly what God is trying to paint a picture is, hey, I know that you have one another, but you still need to pursue one another. We have to say daily that I promise to always pursue my two. Because when you're not married... Come on, you date one another and you pursue one another. Before you got married, how many of y'all just would always go out on a date? You're always pursuing one another. You're always leaving notes for one another. You're giving flowers to one another. You're pursuing one another. Why? Because you want to impress them so that one day they say yes. So when you're not married, you're pursuing one another. It's a mutual pursuit. Can I talk to those that aren't married real quick? For those that aren't married in this room that one day want to be married, come on, if you're dating someone 
and they're not in a mutual pursuit, I would rethink that relationship. If they're not mutually pursuing you, you need to think, rethink that relationship because we tend to work for something that we don't have. We try to pursue one another. We try to get one another. And if they're not mutually pursuing you, you need to rethink that relationship. Listen, if they're not dressing up and asking you out on a date, they're not giving you flowers, they're not doing something special for you. If he never does anything for you, you need to rethink the relationship because you pursue what you don't have. Guys, if your girl is not making you cookies or bringing you a case of Oreos at night, I'm just saying, can I get an amen? If they're not doing something for you, if they're not grabbing your hand while you're driving and you're just driving and they're not just grabbing your hand to hold your hand, if they're not complimenting you, you need to rethink that relationship. Because typically when you get married, the pursuit doesn't go up, it actually normally goes down. So if you're not seeing it when you're dating, you may wanna look somewhere else. And so what I wanna do today is I actually wanna begin to close the gap between intentions and actions. I wanna close that gap because many of us in this room, we have great intentions. Come on, how many of y'all have just great intentions? Well, I intended to do this. I intended to do that. I want them to feel loved. I want them to really know how I truly feel. But what happens a lot of times is life begins to get in the way. We become tired. We become overwhelmed. We become frustrated. We become depleted. And our intentions are just that. They are just intentions. So what can we do to close the gap and help us pursue our two? The first thing is this, is that when you think of something good, say it. Don't just think it. When you think of something good, say it. Hebrews chapter three tells us this. It says, but encourage one another daily. When? When? But encourage one another daily as long it is, as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen, every day I try to tell my wife something. I'll get up in the morning and I say, hey, you look, you look beautiful today. I'll get up and, and during throughout the day, I say, oh man, I love how you love our children. You're such a great mother. Thank you so much for the way you love me. I always try to encourage her and compliment her in some capacity. I think it's kind of become white noise. You know what I mean? It just kind of become white noise. I'm like, girl, you look hot. She's like, all right, yeah, whatever. But I try to encourage her every single day because I want her to understand and I want her to know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm trying to encourage her with something positive. Guys, let me talk to you for just a second. This is very important, very important. It's the most important thing I think I have to say today for you guys. When you pursue your wife or you pursue a female, maybe it's a girlfriend, pursue her with words of affection non-sexual affection. You may be saying, well, Charles, what is that? <laughs> Let me explain it to you a little bit differently. It's affection that is non-sexual. 
Because listen, we can do, we can make everything sexual. Come on guys, we can do, we can turn anything sexual. Your wife can say, hey, um, can you go and rotate my tires for me? And what would be like, oh girl, I'll rotate your tires. You know what I mean? Hey, can you go and get the groceries out of the car, girl? I'll get your groceries. You know, it's a gift we have. We have a spiritual gifting of turning everything into a sexual comment. We make everything sexual. But I want you to know, pursue with non-sexual affection. Here's a simple tool that I like to use. When you say I love you, add the word because and change the ending every single time. I love you because you honor God. I love you because you are so much fun. I love you because you're such a great mother to our children. I love you because you are so self-sacrificing. I love you because of how you love me. Say I love you and add the word because and change the ending every time. Ladies, this is for you. Pursue him with words of affirmation. Pursue him with words of affirmation. Listen, I love it the most when Mariah will tell me, oh my gosh, Charles, you just crushed it. I'm so proud of you. You did such an amazing job. Yesterday I was hanging curtains all day long. Come on, I love hanging curtains. It's the best thing in the world. Hanging curtains all day long and I'm up there with a drill on a chair on one foot falling off the stool. I got a level on top. I'm dropping screws everywhere. I've got anchors falling all over the place. Listen, don't ever ask me to come to your house for home improvements. I will destroy it. But I'm up on this chair. I don't even have a ladder. I'm up on this chair and I'm reaching up and I'm falling. I'm dropping stuff everywhere. But listen, I got that curtain rod as level as it could be. It's a little cattywampus, but it's as level as it could be. Just kidding. I got it good. But I'm up there, I'm hanging these curtains. And when I got down from the stool and hanging these curtains and just kind of like sweating because my life is flashing before my eyes, Mariah looks at me and she says, you did such a great job. I'm like, tell me again. But words of affirmation, when, when you speak words of affirmation to your man, listen, he is able to accomplish and do anything. Most men in this room, most men in general have two love languages, physical touch and words of affirmation. Tell him how good looking he is and touch him and he will rope the moon for you. Pursue with words of affirmation. Why? Because ladies, he is becoming what you see in him. Don't tell him what he's not. It's defeating for us. But when you build him up, he will grow into the man you hope he will become. Tell him what you, what you see him becoming. Build him up spiritually. Begin to tell him things like, when you take me to church, I feel so close to you. Grab his hand and begin to say, you know what, when you, when you pray over our family, man, I've, I've never seen you more attractive. Begin to tell him who you see him becoming. Men, she wants to know, do you love me today? Ladies, he wants to know, do you believe in me today? The second thing is this, is when you think something special, do it. 
James chapter four says this. It says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. When you think of something good, do it. Ladies, just maybe take him out and play golf. If golf is his thing, get a tee time and go outside and ride around in the golf court, court uh, ride around on the golf cart with him and just help him begin to have a day out. Guys, listen, if you have kids, go home early one day and put those kids in the bath, give your wife a break, put them to bed, feed them, and then draw a nice bath water, light some candles, turn out the lights, and take the kids on the other side of the house so that she can just chill. Maybe do some dishes. Come on, ladies, I'm trying to help you out here. Maybe do some dishes, grab that vacuum cleaner. Listen, I know this, there is nothing sexier to a lady when she sees a man just do this right here. Come on, ladies, is that, is that right? Come on, get that vacuum cleaner, start washing those dishes, hang some curtains, do something. Why? Because chore play is foreplay. Can I get an amen? Sometimes you just gotta grab some dishes and wash them in a vacuum cleaner and start cleaning that house. I'm telling you, it starts in the morning when you begin to speak life over your wife and you begin to wash some dishes and vacuum, it's gonna be a good night. Can I get an amen? Charles, are we in church? Yes, you're in church. Guys, send some flowers to work for your lady. Send them, send them to work. Send them to a, a, a ladies get together. Make sure you do it when she's around other women because that's worth double points. It's worth double points. Fill that tank of gas up. Watch a chick flick. Do something your spouse loves to do. The third thing is this. When you want something different, be it. When you want something different, be it. Don't gripe what your spouse is not. You have to continue to grow into what you are supposed to be. You have to remember, you cannot change people. You cannot continue to gripe at your spouse and say, do this or do that. You cannot continue to gripe at them and nag them and say, well, you're not doing this enough and you're not doing that enough. No, when you want something different, you become it. If you want them to lead you spiritually, start showing them what that looks like. If you want them to bring you to church and go to church with you, whether that spouse is going to church or not, you go to church. You bring the kids to church. You have to actually become something different that you want to see. I remember I heard this story. This was years ago. It was a, a lady who was over this women's ministry that a church that I worked at. And, um, and her and her husband probably had one of the worst marriages that I, I think I've ever seen. This lady at the time, she was in her early 50s and her husband was an alcoholic and he was always out at the bars, drunk late at night and he, she, he would never come home on time, she would actually cook dinner and have it on the table and put the kids to bed and take care of the family. And the, the husband would actually come home and he would pass out in the driveway. He would pass out on the porch. He would just kind of fall asleep and he would wake up the next morning and he'd have to go to work, but he would do it all over again, day after day after day after day. 
And his wife actually began to um, take the meals from the table because he never made it there. And she would wrap it up and fall. And as she would wrap it up and fall, she would put it outside at the doorstep so that when he would get home and he would pass out on the swing or the chair, he had food there for her. This wife tried everything to fix her husband, tried everything to begin to love her husband back to the church and back to Jesus. So she began to believe and speak and become something different so that he could begin to see a model of what it was that she was wanting him to become. This went on for years and years and years. And finally, one day, the husband goes up to the wife and she tells this story. The husband goes up to the wife and with tears in his eyes, he gets down on his knees and he begins to tell the wife, I have failed you. I haven't been the man that you wanted me to be. I haven't been the man that you married. I I was not the man that you wanted and you needed me to be. And I repent to you right now. Will you forgive me? Well, time goes on. And as they begin to heal and they begin to work together, they begin to trust one another again. They actually began to be this power couple where they would go and they would do these marriage conferences and these marriage retreats to where they begin to pour into other marriages to help other marriages that are going through a hard time understand what it meant that when you want something different, you have to be it. Because you and I have to understand that we cannot change anyone. We cannot judge anyone, but we can love everyone. Listen, if you're always nagging each other and telling each other that they need to change, guess what? No one will ever change. You're putting them in a corner, you're boxing them in a corner, and then now there's a defense that comes up to where there's an argument going back and forth. I think everyone has heard this saying before, to get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. Anybody heard that one? To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. But today I wanna actually take this a step further and I wanna say it this way. To get what you once had, you must do what you once did. To get what you once had, you must do what you once did. I think God wants marriages to thrive and succeed in every capacity. And every one of us in this room, at one point in our life, we pursued our two. We encouraged them with words of affirmation. We loved them with gifts. We loved them uncontrollably. And somewhere down the line, our priorities got out of whack. Why? Because we forgot to put God as our number one. When God is our one and our spouse is our two, we are able to love them out of the overflow of what the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of us. And so therefore we are able to love them like Christ loves us. To get what you once had, you must do what you once did. I want you to think about that today. Begin to kind of rehash, okay, how did I love my spouse back in the day? How did I pursue them when they were dating? Because if we want what we had then, we must do what we did then. Revelations 2 says this. 
It says, remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you once did. Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for your love. Father, I pray right now over marriages in this place, over marriages in this room. God, I pray over those that are single and hoping to one day be married. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would guide every single one of us, that you would search our hearts, that you would begin to unravel some things on the inside that has hardened us from what it is that you need from us and hardened us from loving our spouse the way you love us. Father, I pray that you would search our hearts. That you would reveal things to us, Father, that we need to repent from. Some of us in this room are carrying things, carrying a heaviness, carrying a burden, carrying some unforgiveness. Father, I pray right now that you would help us to release that to you so that we're not walking in unforgiveness any longer. Some of us in this room are carrying fear and carrying guilt. Father, I pray that you would release that fear and guilt so that we're able to step into the very thing that you have for us as we pursue you to love our spouse. No one looking around, but maybe you're in here this morning and you say, you know what, Charles, can you pray for me? Because I'm walking in some seasons of life to where it is really hard for me to pursue my two. It's hard for me to pursue my two because there's some things in my life that I haven't turned over to God. I'm walking in fear. I'm walking in some anxiety. I'm walking in some things in my life right now that, that I've kind of carried in from the past, but today I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to be able to walk in freedom. I want to be able to walk with my head held high. I want to be able to walk with a, with a, with a conscience that says, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm giving it all to you. I'm doing everything I can to glorify you. I'm pursuing you as my one. But sometimes it's hard to do because of the things that we're carrying. And maybe you're in here today and you say, you know, today I just want to release those things, whatever that may be for you. I want to release that to the Lord. And if that's you in here, just slip up a hand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray right now that you would guide and direct every single person in this room. Lord, be with us right now. Help us to understand what it is that we need to release to you. Help us to understand how it is that we need to pursue our two. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, why don't we give God some praise in here this morning? Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, shoot us an email at info at RevoChurchFL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from, because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at Revo Church FL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.